One is repeated in the seven, and that is lies, speaketh lies. In verse 17, we have the lying tongue. And in this last part, <coughs> lies come back again. It behooves us to notice that God would repeat this particular sin. It tells us that it's something that he hates doubly. We read that God hates, in verse 16, God hates these sins. And in there, double mention of this sin of lying, of deception. Now what is this that speaketh lies? A false witness that speaketh lies. Look at verse 19. This word false, this word false is the same word as in verse 17, lying. It's the same word. So lying tongue and this word false. The word lying and this word false. The same thing. Yesterday I mentioned to you, uh, or previous day, I mentioned a lying tongue. This word lying is falsehood. Falsehood. God hates falsehood. Whether we think it's black lie, white lie, grey lies, as long as it is not truth, God hates. Doubly. Mentioned twice. Which means we need to be very, very careful and truly understand, is this occurring in my life, in your life? There's something that, is, that stirs up the anger of God. So when we lie, you can imagine in your heart this truth that God looks at you, looks at me with hatred, with anger, deep anger. There's this emotion and he sees it as abhorrent. Morally perverted, very disgusting. This is the word, abominable, disgusting, false witness. Now, there are two parts, right? One in verse 17 is the lying tongue. As in, you tell people lies, telling people lies. But now God goes to a second aspect of lies. And now it is about lying, false witness. False witness kind of lie. So the first kind he mentioned is us just telling people lies. But now he goes down deeper and say now it's not only telling people lies, it's now telling lies about people. Telling lies about people. Sometimes we tell lies generally about situations and so on. But now he talks about false witness. A witness is someone who is bearing a testimony or saying something. I witness something. So now I'm telling this to you, no? like people are called to be witnesses in court if they witness a car accident or a theft or someone who beat someone. So you're a witness. You are now going to bear forth testimony about someone else or a situation. So now it's telling lies about people, about situation, about something that happened. Now, so now this kind of lies begin to affect others in a very clear way. No more so-called white lies and so on. In fact, what are the effects of this particular sin? God says, God links it to he that soweth discord. So this kind of bearing false witness, lying about someone else, lying about the situation, it causes discord. It causes disunity, it causes problem. 
We are studying the theme on standing fast together. Unity. Unity in your family, unity in your church, unity among brethren. Now this particular sin that God hates and mentioned twice, lies, has this effect that goes against standing fast together. It affects unity. So we need to be very aware. It can affect your friendships in church. It can affect your relationship at home as a family. And it definitely can and does affect the church unity. So let us look what this is about. God is a false witness, so it is untruthful accounts about someone and something. Untruthful accounts. Whenever we want to give account, we must ask ourselves, is this absolutely truthful or is this partially truthful? If it's partially, it is immediately classified as false. False account. Now, in fact, God says, that speaketh lies. This speaketh lies. This speaketh is the word breathing. Bre breath. It's like breathing lies. <coughs> breathing falsehood. We breathe involuntarily, right? We breathe. In order to not breathe, you need to take effort. Hold my breath. Don't breathe. I need to breathe, but I'm not breathe. I, I'll control myself not to breathe. Whether it's in or out. Now, this speaketh is... Is something like almost reflexive. God hates us telling falsehood, whether it's partial or an impression, as long as it's false. And especially when we do it like naturally. I hope none of us have this natural tendency to lie. If you're honest, we know throughout the day, whenever we face situations, the tendency to make the situation look different because we are afraid. We studied that, right? Because we are afraid or try to make ourselves better, there is this easy tendency to just breathe out. Just like breathing. Just say something. Now, this is a picture. So, it's almost like God says, you know when it comes to giving accounts, we must control our breath control our breath. Yesterday night when we were having the um, campfire, when I was standing at one end and nice and warm, then I see the smoke go to um, Shen Rei and, and uh, um, some of the kids. Then you, oh, you see them trying to breathe, fanning, can't breathe. And I said, wow, that's tough. Then the wind changed. <laughs> 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 I started to blow at um, Sharon, myself and Esther. So, after some time, cannot sing. You open your mouth, the, the thing goes into your throat. You close your mouth, the thing goes through your nose. You could, and you're singing. So, I quickly move to another corner to sing. Ah, now I can breathe and sing normally. And I was thinking, that is what it means, breathe. We must be so afraid of opening our mouth to breathe out things. Giving accounts of people, of situations. That we're very conscious. <gasps> Before I come out. Okay, something wrong is coming out. Better change. So this is what it means. Very careful with this inhaling and exhaling even. Don't, in, don't exhale, inhale, breathe very carelessly. So now God says, when we are not careful with that and we, we do bear false accounts, God says, 
I hate that in you, and I find you very disgusting. Now, what are these? Um, what is this sow? What is this sowing? When we are breathing lies, false accounts, God says it's like a person sowing discord. This example will be very clear in those people's mind because many of them back then, um, they're farmers. Um, so the concept of sowing seeds will be very, very um, clear in their mind. So a farmer going out to sow, what do you do when you sow? You take a bunch of seed and then you throw, right? You throw and you spread it. You know the term spread rumors? So it's taking something, taking seeds, taking accounts, and just casting, casting, letting them land. Now this casting is purposeful. It's purposeful. And this sowing, why would you say, why, why, why use the example of sowing? Because when you sow, the intention is that this seed will land on soil and it will start to take root and it will start to develop into something, correct? That's why you sow. You want to have, some, you want to have an effect. For farmers, I want it to grow. I want to have fruits. So this sowing is sowing with the intention to produce certain effects. Sowing. When we give accounts, we have to be very careful what we are doing, what we are spreading, what we are intending to reap, what we want to see grow from that ground. This is the picture. In order for the seed to grow, what you cast, what you sow. You need to have soil, correct? So that's a receiving part. That's a receiving part. So when you sow, when you sow lies, in order for lies to be effective, you have to find hearts. You have to find people to sow to. You have to find hearts to speak to. Who you and I want to speak to about what? Why we want to do that? Why we are approaching who? Think carefully. The heart is very deceptive. The heart is very um, wicked. We may be unconscious, but sometimes when we are doing some things, ah, I want to tell that person this thing. Tell the other person no use. So you specifically zoom in on a certain, a certain soil, and then you cast certain seed. Now, in order for lies to be effective, in order for falsehood to be effective, just like sowing, if a person goes and talks to the wall, gives false accounts to the wall, no effect. But it's when we walk to someone, in order for the lie, and in order for the effect of discord to occur, it takes two parties, at least, right? At least two parties. He also tells us this. You, have, you and I have to be very careful when we hear, when we receive this sowing, sowing of seeds. Be very careful because what you allow to germinate in you and I 
we actually make this effect of discord come into impact. So be careful. We'll talk more about that afterwards. But I just want to um, explain these two verses. So in our minds, just look at the verse again. Verse 19. A false witness, that is, it could be you and I, bear, giving accounts, whether true or impartial, and then, um, or partial, and then we go to someone and we breathe out. Things come out from our mouth, like breath. And what we are breathing out are black, white, grey lies. And someone is receiving deceit from us, and we are casting it, we are spreading it. And surely, slowly but surely, something is going to come out of it. Explosion, misunderstanding, anger, and then very soon we have discord. The word discord is, well obviously it means disunity. It has the idea of um, destruction. Destruction. There is pain, there is, um, there is unhappiness, there's, it means bad, something bad happening, and this bad thing results in destruction. In fact, it is drawn from a word that means shattered to pieces. So when we think of that, what I sow can cause pain, can cause trouble, can cause bad things to happen and result in not just mere destruction, in shattered relationships, shattered unity, shattered family, shattered homes, shattered church. Now you begin to see why God says, I hate, because this has a shattering, breaking up effect. Anyhow, breathing out things. Letting this spread, letting this grow, letting this develop. So God says, I hate these kind of things. Now these are things that the unbelievers, the sons of Belial do. You and I used to be like that. But he says, stop it after salvation. You can stop it with the Holy Spirit. Every time the, this flesh comes in situations that you want to do these things, God says, stop it. This is disgusting. Now, when we begin to then ask ourselves, now how, or rather why? Why do we do this? Why do we do things like that? It's not too far from what we've learned about lying, so the effects, are the, the reasons are very similar. Very often, we don't want to tell something truthful. We go and talk to someone. Very often, when we begin to bear false witness, I can think of the most prominent reason is we want to make ourselves look good. Someone else look bad. Hmm? That is what we are trying to do. Go that you know, uh, the other person, um, he said this and she said this about you. Or the other person, you know, the family is like that. Now, I'll tell you one of the reasons why um, I decided to do Q&A myself. Um, because I noticed over the years, certain questions keeps repeating. 
keeps repeating. I said, every year is the same question. Why? Until one family came up to me and said, you know, Pastor, this question comes out every year. I said, yeah, I also wonder why. And this person said, it's directed at my family. I said, what? I said, yeah, it's directed at my family. It is to have it said over and over again, you know, this is a terrible sin. This is a terrible sin. Don't guess, huh? don't guess who, don't guess what. Then I began to understand. Then when I was doing Q&A in, in other churches, I was thinking, yeah, it's the same. Every time the same. And I talked to the pastors. The pastors said the same thing. Every year this question comes up. It's loaded. Because every year is different preacher, right? If it's the same preacher, the consecutive years, are, they won't ask. You see, that is the wickedness of our heart at times. Whether it's conscious or unconscious, we want someone to look bad. Siblings do that, right? When you're young, we go tell, what, what do they call it? Whistleblower. Hmm? <laughs> one brother or one sister to look bad. And this leads to actually the, the, why, the reason why we do things like that, bear false witness, is we want people to like us. We want people to like us. Now remember, it's so discord. So discord means break up relationships, right? You want to break up another relationship, you see, are they two very close? I'm jealous. So it stems out of jealousy. I'm jealous. I want them to like, I want that person to like me. I don't want that person to like the other person. So I will say things about the other person and I will sow, I will sow things into this person's heart, let it grow, then they, their friendships are not so good anymore. You know how the other person say this about you, you know, did you know or not? Very often lies. The other person did this. Or even it's something that is true but distorted truth. Then your friendship is not good. Ah, now you say, yeah, shall I tell you all these things? I see, I'm so nice to you. Ah, now you break from that friendship to you, right? You draw someone else. Discord there to draw people to yourself, myself. We want people to like us. That is another reason why we sow discord. So we must identify some of these behaviors in us, jealousy and so on. And it could also be that, that group of people in church, well, they're very close, but I am alone. I know they won't like me, but I will sow discord among them. Even if I can't draw them to myself, never mind, I break them up. Then I feel good. That is how hard can be. That's how unbelievers work at the place of work, correct? I hope we never behave like that. This applies at work also. So discord. So discord. These are the kind of thinking. I've known cases where um, girl X like boy Y. X is what? What chromosome? Male. Male, is it? Oh, okay, whichever. Boy A, a girl A likes boy B. And then, even if boy B doesn't like me, but I just want to break them up. Then go and spread stories. Whether it's true or false, but just spread something. As long as they break up, maybe I got hope after they break up. Do the Christians do this? Yes. They do that. That's why I say sometimes, remember I said, for a lie to be effective, for a lie to be effective in causing discord, what does it take? 
It takes two, right? So you listen carefully also. Verse, don't be the third one. That they are used to go and break up something. You are used to go and spread something. That's why in Bible college, we are always trained. If someone comes and says something, you know this person said that, this person, oh, that person is like that, oh, you better, better break up, better don't be so close. We are always trained, oh, you say something, witness, right? Witness. False or true witness. Now, I've been stupid enough to believe sometimes. Then I get myself in trouble. But more often than not, I say, alright, you say this, can you write me an email? Are you willing to be a witness? Very, very often people say, okay, witness means you and I go and see the person, alright? Suddenly, story change. <laughs> but those that are genuine, yes, pastor, no problem, I'll write you an email I'm, and I'm willing to um, go into session or willing to go with you to this person um, to talk to the person. So, true witness. Every time you want to breathe out things, ask ourselves, am I ready to go and confront the person with Mr. X, Mr. Y in this situation? So now, the heart, why do we do this? It's always this kind of thing. Promote self, draw others to self, make others like me. The same. Pride. Pride. This seven set of sins begin with what? Verse 17, pride, correct? And it ends with sowing discord. Very often we want to break up things. We want things to be, we want um, um, another person to look bad. It's all pride, it's all us, it's about me. I want me to be the center of attention, correct? Pride, the middle of pride is I. The middle of sin is I. I want to be middle, I want to be center. Of attraction, bearing false witness very often is that. Or sometimes it could simply be, yes, I just want drama. You know, one drama? Some people must have drama all the time. When it's peaceful, they will stir up something. Hey, you know that you know that happened, you know. You know that person said that, you know. Ah, you know that thing happened, you know. Well, then suddenly drama occurs in church. Now they feel very good. Now I've got drama already. Then I watch. <laughs> if not, I'm very bored. Nothing is happening. So peaceful. I mean, I, I say this a bit jokingly, but this is what keeps me awake at night about church. We are peaceful now. But I'm afraid that maybe some of us may have this tendency. Nothing to watch in church now. You know when church has problems? People gang up together. And that it's like a common enemy. <laughs> so suddenly it can be very united sometimes. But sometimes when the problem is solved, then suddenly we turn to each other, nothing. And then we start to find something and we start to bite each other, right? Take your hand bite. Take your hand bite. Ah, now fight already. Good. Now these are very dangerous behaviors that we can be used of Satan to create. Um, some, family, some family members cannot have no drama. Always just raising something. Always just raising something. Now, this, this thing, look at this verse. Sow discord. Now, the question is, sow discord among who? Sow discord among? God did not just put full stop. God's concern, what God hates, what God says is disgusting, is when, especially when this discord is sown and this intention is among brethren. Among brethren, 
among blood relationships, brethren, among Christian relationship, our relationship is also blood. Do you realize that? You and I, we have blood relationship. The blood relationship is in Christ, Christ's blood. So these brethren, God says, it, the intention is to sow discord among friends in church and even in own family. That is what it is. Parents, we need to be... I say we because I, I feel like you're children to me. I worry about you all. I don't have my own children. But parents, I always think you understand far better than me in this aspect. Parents can sow discord at home, if you're honest. You see, hmm, why my daughter like the, the daddy so much? Uh? I'm getting a bit jealous. Then you start to say, you know, uh, daddy actually uh, not so good. Uh. You know, this one I bought for you one, you know. Actually, daddy wanted to buy the other one, but I thought this one is what you like. So I'm sowing discord unconsciously or the other way around. The dad gets jealous that the child is always so close to the mother and then begins to say and do things at home. Turn to the page before that. No, not the page. Mine is page. Turn, turn to the verses before that. Now, you see this verse, um, verse 13. Now, verse 12 is walking with a forward mouth. Walking with a forward mouth, with a perverse mouth. So we dealt with that, your lips. Now, but in verse 13, he says, Winketh with his eyes, speaketh with his feet, and teacheth with his fingers. Now, by our body language, by what we do, by what, how we direct people, we sow discord. Sometimes don't have to be so clear. Just buy something. Just look in a certain way. So this one is like, um, wink with eyes. You know, daddy's scolding you, then mommy goes, eh. <laughs> that kind, right? Yeah, daddy was that one. Uh, never mind, never mind. After this, I'll take care of you. The other way, wink with eyes. We can do that. That is the way to draw people to ourselves. That is the way we sow discord. Teachers, speakers with his feet. How to speak with the feet? <laughs> but this is the way God says. We use every part of our body. Use our feet. Teach with our fingers. All these kind of actions. Parents, friends, same. In friendship, in groups. When you talk, 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 talk. And then your hands all come. Hey, come, come, come. Then you draw the person away. Right? I've been in many situations where where you're talking in a group and then someone comes and suddenly everyone walks away from me. <laughs> they know, ah, they don't like them, they don't like uh, someone to talk to so and so. Now I want to say this very openly also, and church should not be like that. Sometimes people buy things for me and Sharon out of love or cook something. I find it a bit strange in our church. That it has to be. Shh, shh, shh. I hide it behind the cupboard, okay? <laughs> I pity the person. Now, I'm not speaking against the person who, who is showing love. But why must church be in a way which someone else will get. Hey, see, see, see. Uh, angkat, angkat, is it they call it? Angkat. Huh? Um, how do you say it in English? Uh, curry favor, especially when you cook curry for me. <laughs> curry favor, curry favor, a currying favor pastor. It should not be like that. These are all these eyes that will look and all that. It should not be. 
buy things for each other, please do not be the other soil. Eh? People come back from holiday, they buy something for someone, and say, oh, I never buy for me. Eh? <laughs> Don't think like that. Because you go, you never buy for them. <laughs> so someone buy for you, they come back. Hey, very bad, lah. they always buy for us. You know, come back, I also buy something for them, right? Nothing wrong. Don't feel jealous. Now, jealousy and all, this is what, these very petty things that occur in church, it occurs at home, right? It occurs at home. Oh, daddy buy this for sister. That's why sometimes when I see something cute when I'm in Singapore, I'm to, ah, let's buy for uh, Phoebe and Alicia. Are you jealous? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening in your heart? Buy for Phoebe and Alicia. And then we say, both must buy pink color. <laughs> Don't buy different colors because they will fight over it. Children are like that too. We are like that. And then there's discord, unhappiness. Good things also used by Satan in church to turn it into bad. At home also. Now, these are very real things. God said, I find this very disgusting. Why like that? Should not be like that. Hands, feet, eyes, and all that. So sometimes, by shh, shh, down there, down there, you take. Should not be like that, alright? So this is how we end up with church disunity. This is how we end up with family jealousies. So these are very real things God, God is talking about and he summarized in this verse 19. So let's look at chapter 6 verse 19 again. So these are some of the reasons, the why, the why and the who among brethren, family, relationships, brother, brother and sister's relationship. Now at this point I want to say this. God says it's abominable because it is satanic. It is satanic. This behavior of raising false witness, this behavior of making others look bad, this behavior of trying to accuse other people, whether outwardly or whether by impressions, by certain movements, by certain um, half-truths we tell, it is satanic. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 12. This is what Satan does. Revelation chapter 12. Let's be clear about this behavior. Revelation chapter 12. Let's read verse 10 aloud together. Let us read verse 10 aloud together. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of this Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Now we are seeing God telling us, do you know what Satan does day and night? Now at this very moment, do you know what he does? God says, this is what he does. He is accusing our brethren he is the accuser of the brethren before god if he dares to do it before god don't 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 think that he doesn't he is not um, daring and he doesn't want to do it before each other he would go to god to accuse how much more would he not go to someone use you use me to go to another christian your family member between husband and wife, and accuse. He will keep casting accusing thoughts. He will create situations that makes you have accusing thoughts or you actually, in your heart, 
don't like the person and you want to act like him, accuse. And this is day and night. Day and night. Every situation that you and I face at home, between husband and wife relationship, between siblings, in church, day and night, he is trying to accuse you, make you accuse someone all the time. And God says, at that time, this accuser of our brethren, we're going to wipe him out. It's satanic behavior. God says it's disgusting, it's abominable. Don't act like that. So this is, these are some of the reasons, you can think of many more, I'm sure, um, why we go about doing this. I must say one more reason, now, especially with relation to church. It is because I want, I have an agenda. It can be at home also, I have an agenda. So in order to achieve this agenda, I need to sow this information to someone in leadership, to some committee, or to congregation members. I need to sow this. I need this to spread. You know, sometimes we say, you know, if you want this, you, if you want people to know about this, but it's kind of embarrassing to come up to announce in church, tell so and so. <laughs> Do you get that? Tell so and so. You tell so and so, you will automatically go around. I hope we never have this reputation. Sometimes people say, you know, Pastor, we are getting together. Um, can you give us counsel? Then after counsel, they say, yeah, we are sure it's God's will. Uh, we'll, we'll enter into courtship. Um, we would like, you know, the, the church to know so that people don't suddenly, hey, what happened? Suddenly together, wow, you know, hanky-panky underground thing. Uh. They say we, we would like to be, uh, like our brethren also to um, um, rejoice with us that God has brought us together. Then sometimes they say, how? Uh? Then sometimes they, will, they themselves say, I think I just um, have, what, what do you call that? Controlled leak. <laughs> Automatically it will leak further. The sowing will automatically spread. Hmm? Well, those are all right, I guess. You know, you say, you know we are getting together, uh, we rejoice. Um, and yeah, if, if anyone asks, yeah, we, we are together. You know, there's no shame about it. Now, but church should not have when we have an agenda, a personal agenda. Then we begin to paint certain stories, paint certain picture to another brethren. And then these things will begin to spread. Then you say, now I get my way. Now everyone is, is angry, now I'm going to get my way. And I want to give one last reason why. We end up doing things like that. We end up being an accuser of brethren, spreading false information, be a false witness. Sometimes it's, it's not on purpose. I think last night someone came up to share a testimony, say, um, can't remember, there was something about um, uh, having evil thoughts or having evil, jump to conclusion, I think the person said. I jump to conclusion about certain people and, you know, this kind of thinking, I can actually cause um, disunity in the church. Uh, this is what is another aspect of this false witness. Sometimes we are, in a sense, involuntary false witnesses. We are used of Satan to have accusing thoughts because those thoughts keep coming. Then we jump to conclusion. When we jump to conclusion and we take this conclusion that is happening in our mind as truth, then we start to talk. Then we cause a lot of problem. Now, recently I, I went through something and the person said, Wow, I cannot sleep. And thank God this person told someone. 
So I cannot sleep, it's been troubling me, you know, pastor said this, and Deacon Adrian did that. So uh, when I found out, I immediately called the person up, I said, what, what is this about, you know, let me explain. Then I explained the background, I said, oh, now I know what it is about. But I said, but if he kept you awake for a few nights, until you even want to leave church, how come you don't just pick up the phone and talk to me, ask me? So the person started to say, then after that I said, no, this is absolutely not true. And in fact, I want you to call the person who told you this, so that I can tell the person the situation. And they said, oh yeah, Deacon Adrian also did that. So after that I said, okay, I'll talk to Deacon Adrian as well. So I went to Deacon Adrian. Deacon Adrian, what is this about? Deacon Adrian said, I never heard about it before. I've never seen that thing. Someone said, oh, I got this thing. And then Deacon said, what? Never seen, never heard. Absolutely never. It does not exist. See, when we jump to conclusion, we can be used of Satan to be an accuser of the brethren. False witness. And I thank God, the brother who was spoken to came to me. Now, this, this brother is Australian-born Chinese. <laughs> They always say the Australian born are more direct. Right? They will directly say. The non-Australian born Chinese are... Ch -ch 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 -ch. They call it what? The Chinese whisperer. Is it what? Chinese whisperer, is it? We should play this for church camp. <laughs> to illustrate the point. Chinese whisperer means um, you start off by saying something, you know, uh, 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 um, uh, Reverend Koshi likes to eat pizza. Then by the end of it, it becomes uh, pastor like to go swimming. <laughs> completely different thing. Huh? The Chinese people, after some time, you completely change the story. Um, but I want to say this, it should not be a, a Australian born whatever. We are Christians, right? We are Christians, full stop. One way to prevent false witness is anytime it comes up, now we go into the how. How to avoid these things? How to avoid these things? Whenever it comes up, remember this word, false witness. Am I being a false witness? Straight away, talk to the person. Someone asked me yesterday during lunch. It's a very good question. Because after talking about um, all these things, lying tongue and so on. So the person said, you know, Pastor, is it alright if I know of problems in church or a person is facing a problem? Is it alright for me um, to, to tell church leaders? Because it's, it's, I say, how? Why? See, because it's quite serious. I say, yes, of course, if it's serious, we need to deal with it. But the person says, sometimes I'm not sure, I'm afraid. The solution is very simple. The solution is this. Number one, the first thing, and this person also did that, that's why I said, no, go and talk to the person. If you ever wonder, am I being a false witness? If you ever doubt, am I being a false witness? When there is this problem about this person or this situation in church, am I jumping to conclusion? Am I having wicked thoughts? Am I, I can't trust my heart? Am I actually um, secretly happy that I can go and tell someone that this person is committing this sin? Am I or not? That is very easy. Just simply go to the person first. Talk to the person directly. At least you clear it in your heart. I am not spreading rumors. I am going to this person. As long as you're willing to do that, step number one, a big part of whether it's genuine or, or false, is solved, right? But still, when you're talking to the person, you still wonder. You still wonder. Then, all you can do is constantly, when you're talking, before you go pray, 
Tell God, search me, O God. Try my reins. Know my thoughts before I go and talk to this person. Once that is settled as, you're, as you are talking to the person, keep praying in your heart. Why am I saying this? Is it out of love? Is it out of love? If you feel that you're beginning to, to, to want to embellish and all that, then you again pray. That's all you can do. And if the person doesn't want to repent, and this is serious, the person will get in trouble, or this is causing church problems, spreading, then ask the person to come and see church leaders. Together. And the person refused. How? Oh, yeah, the person refused. Then if I go, then I look like false witness, like bearing tales. Then you tell the person, ma'am or sir or, or whoever, you know, this is very serious. This is a serious sin you're committing or this is causing church problems. Now, if you don't want to go and see church leaders, I need to tell you this. I am going to tell the church leaders because I am a church member. This affects my family, in church, my church family. Because I'm a churchman, because you're my brethren, I'm concerned about you. I will go and approach the church leaders, and this is what I will tell them to come and speak to you. That's all you can do. Now, if the person says, no, you cannot go, how? Now, if it's a serious problem, you still have to. You still have to. You just tell the person, no, I cannot. I'm accountable for you. Now that I know this, I'm accountable. So these are the things that you do with utter carefulness guarding your heart, my heart, the intention. So even, so now it comes to the caveat. So people ask, oh, this don't, don't, don't be a witness. Well, wow, very dangerous. Is it, uh, I'm not sure. So does it mean we should never ever talk about anything? I think this was the main concern of the person. Should we not, should we keep quiet when these things are happen? Just check intention, check intention, check intention over and over again. And when you do have to go and look to the church leader or another person, make sure, now this is the other sin about lie that I did not cover, I'm covering it now. One of the things about false witness is this, that we have to be very careful when we are bearing a witness, an account, it's called exaggeration. Please know, exaggeration is sin of lying. You embellish, you exaggerate, or you remove information. You play down. When you want to complain about someone, you know that brother said this to me and did this to me, you know, pastor. But you don't say what, the person, what you did to the person. You don't say why this, this situation started. That is bearing false witness. Exaggerating or Cutting down. Exaggeration is another very common thing that is called lie that we need to be careful of. I don't know which category to put it under. I, oh, should be grey. Doesn't harm anyone. We like to exaggerate. Wow, that day I... I mean, when I was working, we played golf quite often. We always say, um, oh, the time when there is... When we are giving out um, sales targets. So every time I put up by country, the sales targets. Then they always say, wow, cannot. Ah. Especially Australia. Wow, we can never meet these numbers. Wow, cannot. Then after a round of golf, suddenly, wow, you know, I played so well today. Wow, that one, but this one, wow, my score is so low, so good. Then we always say, the time when they will exaggerate is after the golf game. 
The time that will play down is when they're getting sales targets. Now, we are like that. When it makes us look good, we exaggerate. When it makes us look bad, we re remove information selectively to create impressions. So exaggeration is a lie. So I hope that is actually very common. You know, daddy is so strong, daddy can do this to impress our children. Mommy cook this around is the best in the church. <laughs> but some are really true. <laughs> wow, some of the food is amazing. Um, so exaggerate, be careful of that. Now, I want to come to this. So th there's a caveat. Means that it's a, we have to be careful. It doesn't mean we cannot bear witness. It's false witness that is a problem. It is asking, why am I showing this? It has nothing to do with you. There's no need to talk to anyone. Husband and wives are very prone to this sin. This sin of bearing false witness. Very high tendency. Every time a spouse comes to me, you know, pastor, my wife or my husband, very quickly I'll say, oh, oh. after a few minutes I say, ah, I tell you what, um, we, we sit down together. When I first came there, always some um, requests for marriage counselling. And then I have a very clear principle, I believe you all know. I do not do marriage counselling by and large. Of course, there are exceptions, unless it's husband and wife present. Because we all know, right? If the wife complains of the husband, it's wah, a lot of things. Or the husband comes a lot of things, but I know not the full story is told. But once they sit down together, they're a lot more careful. <laughs> Correct? I hope so, at least don't start to fight in front of me. A lot more careful. Always a lot more careful. Then I always say, now, let me ask you this question. Why do you want to tell me all these things? Have you spoken to your wife about it? Have you spoken to your husband about it? No. Then I say, you know, sometimes the problem with bearing witness is this. We want people to pity us, right? We want, pity to, we want people to take our side. Then that is the time where we will begin to embellish. We will bear false witness very easily. So I say, if you want to solve the problem, seriously, if you're honest about solving the problem, I'm not saying always, okay? 80% of the time, you won't actually look for me or look for anyone you will look for each other to sit down and solve this problem, correct? You talk to me, then how I solve the problem? Can I solve the problem? I don't live with you all. I'm not your husband, I'm not your wife. Sharon and I are very clear. We don't talk to other people when we have problems. Not because we want to hide it, because we are very clear. It helps. It doesn't help her, it doesn't help me. We've got problems, don't bear witness, go around bearing witness, just sit down and talk together, and the problem gets solved then you know that's genuine, that's genuine. So some of these things I want us to be uh, very cautious. The other caveat is this. We are talking about this theme, right? Now, what if someone says, BPCWA is very divisive in Christianity. In fact, you know, you all talk about all these things. Your pastor Joseph Poon, Mention Joseph Prince, what's wrong with Joseph Prince, and so on. Now, of course, we talk about this with carefulness, with a very clear intention to reveal the falsehood, not to deride any preacher, deride any church in particular. But does it mean we should never mention names? Does it mean we should never... Uh, does it mean biblical separation is 
sowing discord among brethren. Now, let's be clear. Please know that the Apostle Paul mentioned names of false teachers in the Bible. He mentioned names, specific names. In church where there are fights among um, brethren, he mentioned their name. Can you imagine your, your name in the, in the church letter? Tell these two ladies to get along. And then it's recorded for eternity. Paul mentioned names, but for the right intention, for the right purpose. So Paul does mention names. So know that caveat. Um, also, the other thing is, who is divisive that they are at teens or the young people's Bible study? I say, now what happens if your friends tell you that biblical separation is divisive? You teach these things, you divide. You must stand fast together in unity. So I ask, what do you say? Uh, one, one teen was very direct. They say, no, I'm not the problem. You are the problem. <laughs> Which is a fact. We are not dividing. I think it was, uh, was it Dick and Adrian? During the show, say, keeping the unity, keeping the unity, keeping peace, keeping. Keeping means what? Keeping means you don't invent. It is already there. The standard is already there. The faith is already there. We need to keep it. And when you're keeping the, the purity of that, and if someone brings in something different, who is causing the division? The person who brings in something different. It has always been this. We and Christianity has always been keeping the truth that has been given to us. It's those that intend to change the truth that come in. They are the ones that is causing discord. They're sowing discord. Not those that are keeping. Understand that? So understand this. There are caveats. There are, there are situations that we need to understand. I've been accused of many things and I'm sure you've heard of it. Preacher Joseph is very unloving. He doesn't like, he doesn't let so and so teach. He doesn't let so and so take leadership position. He doesn't, and so on. And I hope I clarify this. He said, oh, I'm a, dis I'm a person that's so discord in church. The disunity in church is caused by me. Fathers, mothers, I ask you this. Now, if your child has friends that say, let's go across the road to go to the opposite house which sells drugs and it's a brothel. Let's go there. Tell your child that. Introduce those things to your child. Now, what would you do as a father? I shouldn't split their friendships. Go, go, child. It's okay. You know, um, if you're free, give me a call. But yeah, have fun. You don't do that, right? You protect. What do you do? You protect your child. Now, if, you, you, if you're, you're bringing your child out to the, to the sheepfold, in the sheep, and then you see a fox. You know there are foxes, right? Around here. That's why the, the geese, every year we come, one year got five, next year got one. Then we say, what happened to the geese? You all eat them. They say, no, 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 the foxes come in. Then we say, what do you do? Or they fence up, they chase the geese. I didn't chase the geese. <laughs> they chase the fox. They take a stick and they chase the fox. Then in my mind, that is my duty. If I'm caught here, my duty is to keep the foxes out. You are God's sheep. Even if people hate me, my duty is to protect the sheep, not to let the fox come in, play among the, the sheep. Someone say foxes do not change their character. 
They can act like a sheep for a while, but they are foxes inside. Can I allow people to stand up and teach things which they say, I don't agree with your faith. I don't agree with the BP faith. Can I allow them to teach? Can I allow them to facilitate? Can I allow them to plan what they want to, what they believe into you? I'm the under-shepherd. My duty is to protect the sheep. Which one of you keep a lot of chicken in your backyard and then after that, in, then invite the, the fox to come in? No one does that. In fact, tell the fox, Fox, I'll tell you what, lead my chicken. <laughs> he said, no problem. They will follow me wherever I go because it's in my stomach already. <laughs> so that is why this is not causing discord. Sometimes we have to expose, do it in the right spirit. All right? Reverend Koshi said it very well. Because I asked myself, wow, this woman come in and scold him and everything. So I was sitting there, okay, I'm a pastor. If that happens in our church, what am I going to do? <laughs> so I was trying to anticipate the answer before he said it. Now it's so wise, right? This is our home. I did not go into your home and sow discord, right? You cannot come into our home and sow discord. I did not go into your house to tell your son, do not bow. Your son came to our home. So this is not sowing discord. We are preserving the unity of the faith. But even in doing that, I've got to finish. Even in doing that, check our intention. We can, in the name of protecting and so on, but actually embellish and say things that is actually drawing people to ourselves. So be careful. Be careful. The intentions, the caveats. Now, the conclusion. This passage begins with pride and lying. The six things, the seven things. Pride and lying, and it ends up with lying and discord. It begins with pride and lying, it ends up with lying and discord. And in between is the heart, the middle one. When you put this whole behavior together, the mouth, the eyes, the head, the hands, the feet, the result... God left it to the end. Among brethren. Among brethren is discord. Do not let ourselves be used of the Satan to cause any discord. Even when you have to... There are times you need to clarify. There are many things that... Decisions that session members we make. You may not understand. Come and ask. We will clarify. If you love the church. If you love the unity and steadfastness of the church. Do not be used of the devil to bear false witness. And this false witness can be, what is the most effective false witness? What is the most effective lie? The most effective lie, I'm not teaching you to lie, but I'm telling you how to identify a very effective lie, a very effective false witness. The most effective one is when it is mixed with truth. You go and talk about a certain situation. You go and talk about a certain person. There is truth, but we embellish. We create the impression. You can, we can say truth in a way that make the person look bad, make me look good. If you love your family, you don't do that, right? You don't do that. Why I chose this theme? I hope that as a church, we begin to really see each other as family. I think the children are beginning to do that. 
They're very excited when they see each other, they play together. We must see, we must grow to this next stage of BPCWA is our blood in Christ family. And we will do everything and be anything to keep its unity in truth. Foxes come in, we know how to deal with them. Because foxes' intention is always to scatter the chicken, scatter the sheep. We will not let them do that. We will not make the sheep, the, the fox feel welcome. You're welcome to come and worship, you're welcome to come and listen. But the moment you start to spread things that are untrue, that try to change our beliefs, we will not welcome you anymore. Now, something grieves me, I, I know I'm going on, but I have to say this. Something grieved me very much once. There was a church gathering, and we know certain people what their stand are about preservation of the Bible, about working on constantly breaking Sundays. I've dealt with the person many times, left the church. Then the person comes for our gathering. They say, well, definitely, still welcome, you know. I'm preaching the word, welcome. And sometimes we are very foolish, you know. We, we just, we are, we are not careful. We, we welcome anything. We, we must be discerning. And lo and behold, very soon the person stand there with water talking to a group of our church people. Start again. You know, uh, and this is year short. You know, uh, I tell you, our fly-in, fly-out jobs uh, is very good. Breaking this Sunday thing is actually very good. Because you see, now that I do this, wow, I got time, so many days to serve the Lord, you know. Then certain weeks I'm not around. Actually, the job is better for Christians. More time to serve the Lord. Understand foxes, they do not change. Understand that. And the person has not been in our church for many years already. But will still come in, will still say the same thing. The unity of the church, you and I must love the church. You and I must love it so much that anyone, just like at home, if someone comes into your home and causes trouble, you say, sorry, you have overstayed your welcome, right? You're breaking up my family. You're spoiling my kids. Now, I'm not saying we be nasty and be, un be unwelcoming and be rude. But know that unity is something someone shared last night. It's so fragile in a family. Protect it. Love it. Let us pray.